Hi, everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And this week, I guess, proves that, you know, you can't win them all. You beat LSU twice, but then you stumble against Dallas Baptist and Southern Miss. Yep. Not a great week for the Bulldogs, unfortunately. Mm. Podcast over. All right. Good. Good talk. <laughs> yeah. End of show. <laughs> that about wraps it up. Yeah. I mean, we, we knew going into this week that this was a brutal stretch. Dallas Baptist, a top 25 team coming to Rusted and then having to go on the road to Hattiesburg to play Southern Miss in three games. Yeah. One in three is not the worst outcome imaginable, right? I mean, that's 0-4. Oh we got one win out of this, but it, it would have felt a lot better to at least either it's get good. the midweek game or win the series in Hattiesburg. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I kind of got spanked in the last game. Yeah, and uh, we'll get there. But first, let's talk about the midweek game against Dallas Baptist. Uh, this game started quietly, but Dallas Baptist was able to push across a run in the third inning to finally get on the scoreboard for either team. And that was after a wild pitch allowed a runner to score that would have been stranded after the subsequent strikeout. So that was kind of annoying. Greg Martinez started the fourth by giving up a run, then loading the bases with no outs. But thanks to Jackson Lancaster out of the bullpen, only one more run scored. And now it's three to nothing. Dallas Baptist. Tech couldn't get anything going with back-to-back hit-by-pitches in the bottom of the fourth, but four singles in the fifth allowed the Bulldogs to close that deficit to one run before DBU got those two runs back in the bottom of the fifth. A two-out, bases-loaded situation scores two for Tech in the sixth, and at this point, it just looks like the Bulldogs and Patriots are trading those two runs back and forth. But Dallas Baptist actually gets two more runs across two innings in the seventh and eighth, making a 7-4 game heading into the bottom of the ninth inning. Two singles gets Corona and Myers on base with two outs, but then Logan McLeod flies out to right field to end the game, and Tech falls to Dallas Baptist 7-4. to four. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Dallas Baptist is really good. Uh, I'm not sure if they still have the number one RPI in the nation, but they did coming in, so um, they faced off a bunch of tough teams. And, I mean, like you said, losing this game, I mean, it sucks. We don't want to lose, but it's not like the end of the world or anything. They're now number two in RPI. Uh yeah, listening to the radio broadcast for this one, or maybe it was Kusa TV, I don't remember anymore, but listening to Dave Nitz talk about it and how hard that wind was coming in from center field, and they were kind of making jokes about any fly ball was going to be an out. Nothing is making it out of the ballpark tonight, and I guess that's exactly what happened because neither team really succeeded on the long ball. Yeah, no extra base hits for the Bulldogs, only three doubles for the Patriots total across this game, and no triples or home runs for them either. So, yeah, this was a night where the wind was going to silence their bats. It it depends on what your pitching is able to do to keep runners off base. And Tech was just not able to keep the base paths clear as well as uh, DBU was. Yeah, I mean, Tech had nine hits, but like you said, none of them for extra bases. So that's tough. They also had two errors that I think contributed to the the problem. You mentioned that wild pitch that they scored their first run on. Um, I think there were some fielding errors as well. So, yeah, let's see. There's a, yeah. Well, there's one on Jennings and one on Corona. So maybe there were two pass balls. I don't know. Yeah, that that sounds right. There was this whole week had a few weird wild pitch pass ball issues that ended up costing runs. Maybe not as quite as flagrant as in this game, but when the wind is not blowing out, you're not going to be able to score very many runs. And so those really hurt you when you let base runners move up and even score on just issues between the pitcher and the catcher. Yeah, I guess not really that much more to talk about this one, so we can go ahead and jump into Southern Miss. 
Uh, in game one, a home run in each of the first two innings helped USM jump out to a five to nothing lead after four innings. Uh, then the Bulldogs finally make some noise in the sixth. Taylor Young singles and an error and then two ground ball outs somehow get him home uh, for that one run. Uh, Tech plates another in the seventh inning, but another home run for Southern Miss in the eighth inning gives the Eagles an eight to two lead that would end up being the final for game one. Southern Miss kept that momentum going into game two by retiring the Bulldogs in order, then scoring two runs in the first on their own. Tech gets back one in the fourth, but in the fifth inning, and I want to slow down on this part a little bit because it's one of the few bright spots of this whole week. Logan McLeod and Wade Elliott single to bring up the top of the order, but Taylor Young fouls out and Cole McConnell grounds out. So two outs now, and I guess this will just be another wasted opportunity with runners on base. But fortunately, Steele Netterville disagrees with me and hits a three-run shot to give Tech a 4-2 to two lead. Uh, Cade Gibson, meanwhile, had really settled down after that two-run first inning. And after that Netterville moonshot in the fifth, Gibson only allows one base runner and no runs in each of the fifth, sixth, and seventh innings. Then Ryan Jennings comes in for an inning for the eighth and does the same. One base runner, three outs, no runs. Going into the bottom of the ninth, it's still 4-2 to two Bulldogs, and Kyle Krieger comes out to close this one out. I would try to make this sound suspenseful, but it's Kyle Krieger on the mound. So yeah, it's a 1-2-3 <laughs> inning, as expected. And that's what we get. Dogs win this one four to two. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Cade Gibson, you can't say enough about how good he was, you know, in the second through seventh innings of this game. Didn't start out too well, but he uh he really, really got it going, you know, and was being pretty dominant. I think the USM announcers on ESPN plus were were kind of begging <laughs> begging for him to come out and asking, <laughs> you know, like Oh, how long is Burroughs gonna leave him out there? You know, this he's got ninety pitches, and then they send you know they send him out again. He gets a quick one, two, three, and it's like, well, maybe they'll send him back out again. Who knows? But yeah, unfortunately, Sunday did not have that stellar starting pitcher performance. Jared Wolf, uh, who's kind of struggled all year, did so again on Sunday. This game was an absolute disaster. Southern Miss kept with the trend of scoring early by scoring four in the first two innings. They added on four more runs in the seventh inning, but that doesn't really matter when Tech only had one hit and three walks on the day. And that oh, means that yeah. Southern Miss takes this one eight to nothing. Yeah. We've uh, been smackle warped. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you're going to have a poor pitching performance, might as well do it when you get one hit. Yeah, I guess. Uh, one and a third innings for Warf, four hits, four earned runs, oh. uh, two walks. Not not great. He faced yeah. uh he faced ten batters, four of them got hits, two of them were walked. So uh and he may I don't think he hit anybody. He should have. He didn't hit <laughs> anybody, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. Just about the only thing of note from that game to me was uh I think it was when Jennings was still out on the mound. He came in in relief and he was he was pretty good. Didn't allow a hit in three and two thirds innings. Only walked one, and I'm pretty sure he was still on the mound. But he walked everybody's favorite shortstop slash pitcher Dustin Dickerson uh, on four straight pitches, and Dickerson like starts mouthing off at him. Like I don't know what he said. Probably something like "throw me a strike, bitch" or something like that. I don't know. I don't know what these guys are saying to each other. But <laughs> so Jennings didn't didn't like that and started talking back, and then. You know, Dickerson goes to first and a, a couple pitches later, he tried to steal and Corona just absolutely gunned him down. Just beautiful throw. And, uh, you know, Young gets the tag. He's out. And then he starts talking shit again. 
Dustin Dickerson starts talking shit again after he just got gunned down. I'm like, I mean, I get, they were up for nothing at the time, I think. So it's like, I guess, I guess that's fine. But I was just yeah. like, man, this guy, this guy fucking hates tech, which I guess I would too yeah. if I were him. After his what pitch, happened his collegiate game. pitching debut was ruined by a tech walk-off win. I understand the animosity. Yeah, to decide who gets to host a regional. Yeah, pretty, <laughs> I guess, you know, pretty uh, shitty. Fuck that guy. Yeah, basically, yeah. But um, I mean, he's a good player. He just yeah. he just talks a, a lot of shit, man. Yeah, he'll be talking um, a lot of shit when he's waiting tables at Benihana. I mean, he's probably going to go to the MLB, but or at least highly, the, the minor highly, league. Highly doubt it. As long as the M stands for minor, I, I'm yeah. with you. M- M-I-L-B, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this series, it, it's never good when you get one hit in a game, but it really felt like Tech struggled to get anything going, especially early in the games, all weekend. And then the starting rotation, other than Cade Gibson settling in, wasn't what you're looking for in a series of this magnitude, you know? And, um, you know, it's it's just t- like Jonathan Fincher, our Friday night, you know, supposed to be our best starting pitcher gives up eight hits and five earned runs and three and two thirds. Like that's just not going to get it done against Southern Miss, you know, and it's his first loss of the season. So you gotta, I'm not saying mix him or get him out of the mix, but, uh, Jarrett Worf has just been struggling. I think Jennings has been better coming in in relief than he was as a starter this year. So that's going to be my point is that ever since he kind of made that switch to the bullpen, he gave up two runs to LSU in Baton Rouge, and then one to Dallas Baptist this past Tuesday, but then zero to FIU over the weekend and one and one uh, relief appearance there, and then came in twice in this series, pitched a total of four and two-thirds innings and gave up no runs and only one hit. Southern Miss, he was really our only, him and Kate Gibson were our only effective pitchers against this Golden Eagle team. And yeah. it's almost like he's earning his way back onto the starting rotation because even though he's being excellent, he, he's been excellent out of the bullpen, we need another starter because we're not getting it done with the guys that we have. Yeah. And Ben posted on in the forums about uh, Jennings ERA in his six, just in his six relief appearances this season. It's a 2.77 ERA and 14 strikeouts to five walks. He's pitched 13 innings. So that's that's pretty good. So, I mean, if he could do that while starting, yeah, that would be great. We'd put him back in the starting rotation. But for whatever reason... You know, maybe it's the routine. I, I don't know. He was a starter all last season, so you'd think he'd be used to the routine. So I, I don't really know what's going on. It could just be a change of pace by putting him in the bullpen, kind of settled him down a little bit and allowed him to get back on that horse. Yeah. But I don't know if that just flip-flops back the other way if you try to put him in the rotation again. But at this point, you have to kind of start experimenting because as much as I love Worf, he doesn't have it this year. Maybe he could use a trip in the bullpen. He, to kind of settle himself down. kind of a shoulder issue in the offseason, I think, that um, Nitz has mentioned a couple times that, you know, he just kind of came back in February, so he missed all the fall practices and stuff that they had. But that could be affecting him. But I, I was surprised to see him get the start on Sunday, but I guess <laughs> who else are you going to give it to? Um, you know, Martinez, I think, started on Tuesday. Is that right? Yeah, he did. And you probably want Martinez to start this Tuesday. So you don't really want to burn him on Sunday. I, I don't. And, and that's really actually know. true about this week. Now that I think about it, is that Tech has five I, games. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to it, but that may be Ryan Jennings' chance to start again. 
because you have to find another starter somewhere. So might as well pick one of your better relievers. I'm kind of curious. I'm kind of curious, Nathan, what you think about about Ryan Harland. He's a true freshman. Came in in relief on Friday, and uh, you know we're down five nothing when he comes in. I don't know what the situation was if like the bases were loaded or anything like that. I don't I don't know, but uh, he came in, pitched three and a third, and only gave up one hit. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying he's a starter because he's a true freshman that's, you know, just kind of getting some work in college. But, <laughs> you know, I think he's been very good is my point, I guess. Yeah, we brought him up last week because this is the guy that's from Baton Rouge, right? Oh, yeah. So he pitched lights out against LSU, did well here after Fincher gives up that fifth run on a single, a two RBI single, gives up that fourth and fifth run in the fourth inning on Friday night. He comes in and on the first pitch gets a foul out. Uh, and ends the inning right there and then stays in the game and stays great throughout the next couple innings. Again, it's hard to tell. And without being in the clubhouse and without seeing pitching practice and stuff like that, it's hard to tell which of these relievers could actually be stretched out to be a starter. Um, but I'm loving what I'm seeing from Ryan Harland this year, kind of the same of what I saw last year in Landon Tompkins, a guy who kind of showed up and just said, OK, this is one of our he's not our best bullpen guy. Kyle Krieger is our best oh, bullpen guy. My God, but, he's so good. <laughs> the fact that we can have these other guys, these setup guys come in or Harlan come in and eat three in a third innings right out of the bullpen and just stay in the game until I mean, the game was kind of lost. Well, I guess I Friday it was, but well, he kept us in it. I mean, he kept we're us down close enough and it, it got to what? Five to two, two? to five. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he kept, he gave us a chance. Our bats just weren't going, you know, really all weekend. We didn't have a yeah. great hitting weekend. Yeah. I want to talk about the um, Sunday bats real quick. One more positive thing to talk about this, but we'll we'll start with the negative point I have. Uh, USM's pitching that Sunday game was perfect through the final four innings, the sixth inning through the ninth inning. No walks, no hits, no hit by pitches, nothing. Um, also, the one walk we had in the fifth uh, was Logan McLeod, I believe. He was caught stealing. So that meant that Southern Miss faced the minimum through the final six innings. Uh, yeah, this was an awful game. Ends 8 nothing. It should have been 35 to nothing. Because it didn't really matter. Well, Tech was not doing anything with their that. bats that day. 35 to nothing. Shut the program down. Yeah. In a conference game, probably. Uh, but one more positive thing, I guess, to talk more positive. This may be the only positive thing we have to talk about in this series is the Steel Nerville <laughs> moonshot home run. Oh, it was the only home run Tech has hit all week, which is possibly concerning. And the wind was blowing in on Tuesday, but Southern Miss was able to hit some homers. But I guess maybe they just used all their airline miles on this one home run because it was far. That ball flew. Yeah, we had a Sunbelt refs account tweet that it needed a flight attendant or something like that. So, <laughs> um, I guess the Sunbelt guys are already getting excited about having actually good baseball teams in their conference. I don't know. I guess Texas State is good this year. I shouldn't be mean to them. I have no beef with the uh, Bobcats or whatever their name is. But um, Sunbelt. Yes, indeed. Yeah, but I mean, I'm looking at the GTPDD stats account, Nathan, and I mean, I think something that shouldn't go unsaid is that Logan McLeod's having a better year at the plate than maybe we expected him to. He's really he's been... getting walks. That's the huge part of this. Yeah, and he's been batting in that nine hole, right? Pretty much all season. Am I am I right about that? I'd have to go and check that specifically because Linus may have changed a little bit. But I mean, when you have Taylor Young at the top of the order where he belongs, having a guy that can get on base first and then have Taylor Young come up to bat is a smart way to do it. But 
some of the middle to back end of this lineup until you get to McLeod have really struggled at times. Yeah, I mean, McLeod's actually third on the team in batting average right now, and he's not too far behind that in OPS. So, I mean, it's it's really good, like you said, to get on get on base, you know, with the top of the lineup coming up. But what we really need, I mean, even guys like Steele Netterville and Matulia have been struggling lately, and you really need those guys to step up because they're in the spots that like Hunter Wells and Parker Bates were in last year. Um, or, so. or Corona has been kind of annoying he'll come up to the plate with bases loaded and two outs and you just know it's a strikeout and what do you know it's a strikeout uh maybe he's swinging for the fences or something uh but he needs to take a step forward logan mcleod right now uh ops only of 756 which is pretty low i mean for a nine hole hitter not not a bad uh ops to have uh but gets a lot of singles and then gets a lot of walks uh 22 percent of the time he steps up to the plate he gets a single and 20 percent of the time he steps up to the plate he gets a walk uh, only Taylor Young is better at getting walks on this team. Corona, meanwhile, is only getting a walk on 7% of his plate appearances, uh, which is kind of typical for a guy that strikes out a lot. He also just doesn't get a lot of walks. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, after a tough week, uh, uh, just opponents-wise and also kind of level of play, Tech has to play five games this week against two different opponents because after the ULL game was moved back due to the weather issues earlier in the year, we get to play ULL on back-to-back nights at the Love Shack. Uh, Evan, what can you tell me about this ULL team? Yeah, they're 14 and 13 so far this year, but that's a little bit misleading because they have the eighth toughest strength of schedule according to RPI. So they actually rank 48th in RPI, even though they're pretty much a 500 club right now. They were also able to take one of three from Southern Miss, which sounds familiar. Uh, but they got swept by Troy earlier this season as well. So, yeah, I mean, seems like they're having a little bit of a down year for them, but they could always turn it around and, you know, make a make a run in conference. I think that's the right way to put it. They're having a down year, but a down year for ULL is actually still pretty good for for college baseball. Uh, They've been a pretty good team in the past few years, and that's the nicest thing I'll ever say about ULL. Meanwhile, their roster, people who I guess chose to go to ULL for some reason have to balance this out a little bit. Carson Rockefort is the one name to know, the one batter to know. He's their best overall hitter and their best home run hitter. When talking about tech players, I just kind of went through a few percentage numbers when it comes to plate appearances. But 30% of the time he steps up to the plate, he gets a hit. And 21% of those are home runs. Jeez. So to clarify, that doesn't mean 21% of the time he steps up to the bat, it's a home run. That would be horrifying. Yeah. (laughs) It's was at around seven percent of the time he steps up to the plate. It's a home you run. Better, you better hope I don't get five at bats, bitches. Yeah, uh, kind of similar to Steel Netterville in that way. Steel Netterville also hits home runs on twenty-one percent of his uh, hits, but he just also doesn't have as many hits. So they both kind of swing for the fences. But Rockefort has been better at actually succeeding at getting the ball to not go into the catcher's glove. Uh, Peyton <laughs> Harvard has been the Cajun's midweek starter, but he struggled lately. In the past two weeks, uh, he's pitched four innings total and given up seven runs. So I'm not sure if he'll continue to start or start either of these two games. But, I mean, they also have five games to play this week. So I kind of expect him to start either the Tuesday or Wednesday game. Um, It's kind of hard to guess the other starter that ULL may throw out there because they started nine different pitchers over the course of the season already. So they have a lot of people who've started one or two games and then a few weekend guys who've actually started uh, a decent amount. And then the bullpen, there's no real shutdown bullpen guy, a Kyle Krieger type, but Bo Bonds 
It's probably their best arm out of the pen. Bo Bonds. Bo Bonds. Yeah. That's a good I'm, name. I'm looking at the series history here between us and ULL the past few years. We're currently on a two-game losing streak. Uh, lost both of the games last year down in Lafayette. Um, the first of which was supposed to be in Ruston, but our stadium wasn't ready yet, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So they uh, they moved it down, and that's why we're playing both of these games here. Um, and, you know, shout out to everybody involved for making that happen. You know, kind of everybody like being level headed and, and smart about it and not being like, you know, petty. And especially with the game getting uh, postponed earlier this year, they could have easily just said, you know what, we're not going to. We're not going to play you twice in Ruston because you guys backed out because of weather or whatever, right? But everybody's above board, so it's it's all good. Yeah, um, I mean, both ULL and LSU, two teams I do not like, have been great about rescheduling games and making sure these games get played, and possibly because Tech is a good team yeah, and hosted a regional last year, and so you may want that RPI boost from playing yeah, this mean, team. Look, if ULL can come in to Ruston and even win one of the two, like that's a really good thing for them, for their RPI. You know, at the end of the year, if they're kind of if they're on the fence, you know, if they only come up here and play one game and lose, you know, maybe that's a deciding factor because we're going to be top 50, at least in RPI, you'd, you'd think. Before that two game losing streak that we had a four game win streak. So let's get back to that. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, we've played four straight game, five straight games down in Lafayette, though. That's kind of interesting. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Those games will be on Kusa.tv. Hooray. And then. Yay. I guess that's a reason to just go to the game if you're in North Louisiana or even East Texas, because that way you don't have to watch it on Kusa.tv. And then also this weekend airing on Kusa.tv. I guess it is it airing if it's a streaming service. Either way, also in Ruston, Tech faces off against the Rice Owls in a three game weekend series. The Owls are eight and 21 on the year. That doesn't sound like the normal Rice team. Yeah, I think they're in the first year of a new coach or is it the second year of a new coach? I don't remember. I know the the guy who was there for the longest time, Graham, I think was his last name. He retired two or three years ago, but they may have switched coaches since then again, too. Hmm. But yeah, three and six in conference play. They have an RPI of 191, middle of the pack team there, which kind of makes that record look even worse, right? Eight and 21, but a middle of the pack RPI. Evan said that the ULL RPI or ULL record is a little misleading. I think that's also true for Rice, just not quite as. I'd say that Rice is a good team here. They're not great, but they're not eight and twenty-one bad. Uh, yeah. They got swept in weekend series against number six Texas and number four Texas Tech. This is another strength of schedule issue. Uh, they took one one from UAB, two from Marshall, and then got swept by FAU so far in conference play. It's rough going into a home series against an eight and twenty-one team and not expecting a sweep. Are you saying you're not expecting a sweep? I'm saying a sweep is very hard, and Rice is not as bad as eight and twenty-one. Okay. That's fair. We also are playing five games, so I mean that that'll have something to do with it. But we did get a sweep last year in that four game series in Houston, um, which may be the only time we've swept Rice in Houston because, of course, Rice has been very good throughout their history, uh, baseball wise. So yeah, but Tech was able to take all four of those games, uh, putting up what I can only describe as a shitload of runs. Um, <laughs> He scored, uh, God, can I do math? 46 runs in four games. Not bad. Not bad. Um, only allowing, uh, 16. So yeah, I mean, let's, let's do that. Let's score 46 and three. That'd be great. Please. Yeah. You, you said you're bad at math. I just had to pull up a calculator to figure out what 21 minus eight is to know they're 13 games below 500. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm not not my best night, not my best moment. Yeah, but this rice team, Aaron Smigelski. Smigelski. Smigelski? S-M-I-G-E-L-S-K-I. He is probably their best home run hitter and maybe one of the best that Tech will face this year. He's also a threat to hit doubles. Over half his hits this year have gone for two or more bases. He also draws walks pretty often in 19% of his plate appearances. Uh, kind of like Logan McLeod in this way, Justin Long is kind of their draw a walk specialist. Doesn't really have the, as much sex. The actor from like Dodgeball. Who? Or Justin Just- Long. Oh, yeah, it is. I thought you were referring to this Miguelski person having a really hard name to pronounce, like the woman on Dodgeball. Friends, Stelanovich, Gavitovich, Davidovichki. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Justin Long was in Alvin and the Chipmunks, the 2007 movie as well. That's the that's the movie that comes to mind. It's the first it. one listed. If you type in Justin Long and Ooh. then click on movies and TV shows, it's Alvin and the Chipmunks and then Tusk. That's very shameful. He was good. Was Die Hard 4.0? Did they go Wait, did you say new numbers? Girl? Yeah, he was a new girl. Yeah, I was about to. That's literally what I was about to say, Matt. Okay, that's why he looks familiar uh, he to me too. Okay, yeah, yeah. He, he was, was he dated uh, he dated Jess. Jess in the first season. He was the uh, uh, the other teacher. Oh. Yeah, he was. Um, and then he came back. Ginslinger. <laughs> when he was, oh man, he was a clown. Wolf Chinese food. Chinese food makes me laugh every time. <laughs> Would you like to have some wolf Chinese food? <laughs> Only, Only if it's, if gay. it's gay. <laughs> All right. That, this has the been episode title. Yeah. This has been New Girl with GTPDD. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I smell spinoff. That show is wonderful. It's very funny. Yeah. So whether or not it's the actor going back to college or just another guy who happens the name of happens to have the name of Justin Long. Uh, this Bryce Owl is very good at drawing walks, but when he tries to swing the bat, he misses way more often and does not have much success. <laughs> does he uh, like to eat wolf Chinese food? That's the question. I, okay, here's the thing. Yeah. I was going to cut that out for the coda, and now I can't because we're going to re- <laughs> reference that for the rest of the show. So that all has to stay in. Uh, I'm sure my singing performance will make it in somewhere. Yeah, it may actually be the intro <laughs> song now. I have no idea what future me will edit. Um Pitching-wise, though, for the Rice Owls, Parker Smith has been their best starter, but it looks like he's in a midweek role, so we may get to skip over him. Cooper Chandler, their normal Friday night guy, has kind of struggled all year, and also in recent games, too. Against the last two games, uh, well, actually just against this last game in FAU over the weekend, six runs over six innings, and that's kind of just been typical for him. It's almost like he gives up a run an inning, and I will take that. I'll take nine runs in a game. Um, bullpen wise, Matthew Linsky is their shutdown guy. He hasn't pitched as often as Kyle Craker. In fact, only about half as much. He's only pitched 11 and two thirds innings, but he's yet to allow a run. So he has that 0.00 ERA that always makes it look like you were just pitched once and then retired. Um, but a lot of these rice relievers look like they kind of struggle with giving up walks. So if tech is able to get on base through walks and hit by pitches, uh, and then have at least some success at the plate, swinging the bat, uh, there's no reason we can't sweep the Owls. Yeah, certainly hope so. I mean, we got to get our our starting pitching figured out. Um, but I think we've got the bullpen guys to make this happen. Even with five games, you know, hopefully whoever starts for us on Tuesday and Wednesday can go pretty deep in the game. Um, so we don't have to, you know, we don't have to burn Ryan Harlan throwing four innings on like Wednesday 
and we can save him for the weekend. Um, although maybe, I don't know, maybe if he, if he pitches four innings on Tuesday, maybe he's ready by Saturday or Sunday. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, the walks thing is a thing that I think we need to give our bullpen a little more credit on. Actually, looking at these numbers, like Kyle Krieger only walks 6% of the batters he faces. Ryan Harland, 4%, which is really kind of attributes to his success. Anthony Giannette, another guy who's kind of shown up out of nowhere, 7%. And then Landon Tompkins, 8%. And those are really the guys who have pitched the most for us out of the bullpen. Uh, those are all single-digit numbers. Meanwhile, there is not a single Rice reliever uh, that's faced at least 20 batters, I don't believe, that has that low of a walk percentage. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the pitching stats right now, um, and I'm looking at the the whip, the walks and hits per innings pitched. And, you know, you go down, you're like, okay, Kyle Krieger, 0.85. That's really good. Ryan Harlan, 0.53. All right, great. Uh, we got a couple other guys below one, everybody else below two. And then you get to Nick Ellis and it says infinity. <laughs> so you didn't get an out then. It literally says the word infinity. <laughs> What a stat. Yeah. That is that is pretty cool. He's uh he's I guess faced it says one at bat, but he's given up a hit and a walk. So Yeah, a walk is not an at bat. Okay, I guess a walk is a plate appearance. Is there not a, a batter's faced? It, it would be PA for plate appearance for the hitter. Oh, no, this is the pitcher, so yeah, maybe BF BF or I don't see that stat, but anyway, infinity. Yeah walks and hits per inning pitched for nick ellis so not great <laughs> but yeah. you can't talk enough about ryan harland anthony i think it's gianetti jackson lancaster's been pretty good too i mean these and fincher coming out of the or no not fincher uh jennings coming out of the bullpen has been great too so you know hopefully we don't need a ton of bullpen pitching this week but if we do we'll be all right i think yeah. i feel much more confident about our bullpen versus their bullpen yeah. Uh, than our starters versus their starters, even though their Certainly. starters also haven't looked all that great so far this year. But yeah, so five games this week, two against ULL, three against Rice. How do we see this playing out? I mean, a five-game series sweep would be incredible. That's not even series. That's across two series. A five-game week sweep, that's a thing, right? Sweet, would be sweet. incredible. Yeah. I'll take a sweep sweep right about now. I don't think it's very likely that playing five games. Um, I think maybe Teco is three and two on this week. What do y'all think? Three and two. I'll say four and one. I think we split with uh, with ULL and then uh, and then sweep Rice. I, I think Rice is down, and even though we had a down week this past weekend uh, and against Dallas Baptist, I mean it was much tougher competition, and we've proven to be a good team. It's easy to forget that, but you know those wins against LSU, we got them in two weird ways, and so I think I think we'll find a way to sweep Rice um this weekend right and that will be some good news and the bowling team got some good news this week after it wasn't really in doubt but it wasn't guaranteed either evan what was that news yeah they're gonna be in the ncaa regional this friday and saturday here in arlington texas where i live so i may have said here i got my hopes up yeah (laughs) yes where nathan lives um in here Somewhere in Maryland. I don't yep. know the town. That's the name town. That's the name yes, of the town. Somewhere, somewhere in Maryland. Somewhere in Maryland, yeah. comma, somewhere in. Um, yeah, but so that that is a regional. I don't really know too much about it, but if they make it out of that, they'll head to Columbus, Ohio for the NCAA championships next weekend. So uh, we'll cover that next week. Yeah. 
Meanwhile, softball this week fell to Northwestern and Natchitoches 6-2, but then took two of three from UTSA at home. Lindsay Edwards, and when we name a softball player, usually it's Lindsay Edwards if we're talking hitters. She was her usual star self, hitting two home runs and ended the week with a 1.264 OPS. Uh, in baseball, that's great. In softball, I think that's also pretty good. Uh, <laughs> Sierra Sacco is a name we haven't said on the show before, I don't think, and so I may be even saying it wrong. But she was also great, not so much with a long ball, but she hit six singles and a walk. I guess she didn't hit the walk, but had a walk and 11 <laughs> plate appearances, uh, earning her an OPS higher than Lindsay Edwards. Uh, this week, though, the Texters draw two tough midweek opponents in ULM and Stephen F. Austin. Uh, but on the weekend, a bad Nickel State team comes to Ruston uh, to play one game on Friday and then a doubleheader on Saturday. Oh, that's weird. Why do we not have a conference opponent? I don't. Yeah, I, softball continues to baffle me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just also wanted to shout out Audrey Pickett, who is Tech's sort of ace uh, pitcher. Only pitcher. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at her stat book here and she literally pitched. She pitched two complete games uh, against UTSA this weekend. The previous weekend, two complete games against UTEP. And then against FIU, she pitched in all three games. Uh, two complete game, and then in the middle, she pitched just one inning. Also, the softball media guide does not include a pronunciation guide, so Sarah, uh, 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 Sierra Sacco is as good as we're going to get. Sierra Sacco. Uh, that's definitely not how you say that, but... Let's uh, go, Sierra Sacco. Yeah, tweet of the week this week. Uh, normally, we have a rule against giving it to ourselves, but even though it's our Twitter account, I think Evan... You're the one that deserves this. What exactly did you do? I decided to take matters into my own hands. Um, you see, for years, I have I have wanted I have wanted home field apparel, which is a great um, no, internet. not great is selling it way short. Yeah, it's uh, go check them out. Basically, it's fucking it, unbelievable. Listeners, they, they for their collegiate like licensing that they do, they make throwback shirts. They make like. 1982 lady texters championship shirts like that's the kind of shit we're talking about right and they work like they design really awesome stuff that the carl malone era the terry bradshaw era like a bunch of throwback type stuff they could pull from also the fact that one of our main colors is columbia blue which a lot of their best-selling shirts are columbia blue uh two-lane angry wave is one and then there's a they have a uc I think it's UC Irvine. The shirt says surfs up and it's got an anteater surfing. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, it's fucking cool as shit. Right. But yeah, anyway, they responded to me pretty much right away and said that I convinced them of the quote divine right to placement in the home field collection. <laughs> <laughs> so then, then he, uh, my boy, Joe G from home field suggested that I reach out to Tech's athletics department. Um, anyway, things are happening. Uh, yeah, we can't talk about all of it, but things that, are happening. Yeah, <laughs> that I was asked not to speak about. So anyway, you know, things things seem to be going in a good direction. I have no idea how long these types of things can take. Six years. But, God, I hope not. But they literally made a, a St. Peter's Peacock shirt in like a week. So I, I hope <laughs> not. Of course, they did that because they, you know, won stuff and people wanted their shirt. All that matters shirt. is who's going to pay. Yeah. Uh, it's us. We're all going to so pay. Anyway, I will gladly accept tweet of the week because, you know, if I am the person who 
kind of single-handedly brought home field and tech together, uh, I'll be pretty un- unsufferable on Twitter for a little bit. So <laughs> can <laughs> look uh, out for that. Would tech be able to sell home field stuff on campus or no? I don't know. I don't I mean, know. I mean, they wouldn't be able to sell it, but could they like market it like, hey, check out our line on home field? I think they yeah. could do that, but I'm not sure if they can like order stuff to sell in the bookstore. I've never really looked into that. There's no legal reason why they can't, but right, home field may restrict that. Can't wait to see Louisiana Polytechnic, Polytechnic Institute or whatever it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, They'll just steal all of our shirt designs and make them officially yeah. licensed and make all the money. <laughs> Speaking of that, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please and I podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E or head to our blog, our website, where we have a new April shirt of the month if you want to buy a bad shirt before the home field selection comes out. Yeah, I haven't even tweeted this one out because we were talking about home field shirts and then April Fool's Day seemed like a bad day to tweet out a shirt of the month because it sounds like it's a joke. So uh, I need to tweet this out. But it's a street intersection of J.C. Love Field, a springtime baseball-themed shirt. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. It's got, you know, it's the street sign. It says Alabama, West Alabama Avenue and Tech Drive. And then it's got tulips and a baseball bat as the as the little street, like the post for the street sign. And then there's a baseball falling over it. So pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, while you're there at the blog buying the April shirt of the month, you can also do this week's contest Uh, Like it's been all year for this baseball contest, the questions are the same each week, but Tech plays five opponents this week, so some of those questions may be different uh, in terms of what the answers are. Uh, So you can go ahead and get all that done at gtpdd.dog slash contest. Speaking of Evan, you're now in second place, or tied for second place. Hell yeah. Uh, Right behind at La Tech Report, who's only winning because Daniel Adams isn't doing it. (laughs) But yeah, gtpdd.dog. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. Go Tech. Please don't die. Anyway, this just a long guy. Whether he's the actor going back to college to get his degree. (laughs) Him and Jess wrote a, uh, a play with uh, Bear Claw, <laughs> with Bear Claw. About, about a gay wolf. <laughs> that shit makes me laugh so hard, dude. Yeah, what was the... He's uh, a gay wolf. wolf. Wait, <laughs> I'm a gay wolf too. Would you like to eat some wolf Chinese food? <laughs> Only if it's gay. <laughs> I think we have a new intro song. It's just Matt singing that. Oh. <laughs> the best part was... When Jess got uh, Coach's girlfriend made account to play the uh, the cello, <laughs> and Jess is like, "I think we need a minor chord pattern here." Like he's a gay wolf all alone. Oh my god. <laughs>